Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change with your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. morning everybody happy 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 tuesday today today is tuesday april 3rd wait no today is the 4th my bad sorry today is tuesday <laughs> tuesday april 4th and today is sexual assault awareness day of action national walk around things day because that's what you're going to have to do if you're out in new york today it's also Jeep 4x4 day because I guess just having your own secret wave isn't enough. And National School Librarian Day because everybody should read more books. It's also National Hug a New Person Day because I guess you don't know enough people. And it's National Vitamin C Day because everybody needs to get a little bit more healthy. And of course, Gretchen needs to know what to cook for dinner tonight. So it is National Chicken Cordon Bleu Day. Thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like and share and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can use that fancy little QR code right there in the top hand corner of your screen to find out where we live on the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But without further ado, we are going to kick it off this morning with the dope dad. That's right. The dope dad himself, Rico Lamit, who is in a transitional space right now, hoping that the maids don't come and knock on his door and ask him if he needs his pillow to be fluffed. That's right. It is the dope dad, Rico Lamit. You know, I wouldn't mind a good fluffing right now, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about data. So Cannabis and Analytics, uh, an insight company, Headset, releases uh, annual cannabis key demographic report yesterday, highlighting market trends by utilizing data for, uh, from millions of transactions across the U.S., eight U.S. states and two Canadian provinces to map out how marketers and sales professionals uh, should be pointing their uh, North Stars going forward for 2023. The report highlighted key shifts tied to gender and age. And although current, currently millennial sales and millennial males dominate the landscape in both the U.S. and Canada, accounting for almost two-thirds of all sales, the scene is definitely changing. You can check out and download the full report through the link in the article, but here are my four big takeaways. Uh, number one, Gen Z is 
actually buying their own shit now and no longer bumming hits off of your stash. Millennial and Gen Z consumers now account for 72.1% of all tracked sales and 63% in the U.S., with Gen Z being the fastest growing age group in both countries. Uh, percent share of year-over-year -year total sales up 11.3% and 6% respectively. Uh, women are slowly and steadily catching up to men as far as buying goes. While males still account for roughly two-thirds of sales overall, uh, 2022 saw females slightly gaining traction up 1.2% and 2.7% and uh, respectively. Vapes are now the new king of sales, uh, becoming the first demographic to unseat flower as the top consumer category as they accounted for over 33% of sales in January and February. And finally, if you want to increase your sales revenue, talk to more mature audiences. Gen, uh, more data continues to support higher ticket sales correlating with older customers. The average basket size of Gen X and baby boomers is above $60, while the average basket size of millennials and Gen Z consumers remains below 55 and has been stagnant over the last four years. If you're marketing any kind of product to cannabis consumers before everything else, you got to know who's buying what when and where and with the tools uh, we have access to uh, today things can get confusing if you don't know where to start uh, while digital uh, tools like headset reporting and i wouldn't be surprised if we saw more ai powered products hitting the market soon doing a lot more than headset can do um, these tools can provide valid data points from a huge pool of consumers in different regions absolutely essential for launching or expanding your own efforts uh, but i think um, uh, we should still use them to enhance the process, not to replace human beings. Cause you all always, always, always need that qualitative side and you can never, ever, ever replace that, especially in our industry when we know a lot more uh, than the numbers are just telling us. But um, that's just me, I'm a big data nerd myself. I'd love to hear what everybody else has to say about this one. This is Rico Lameet, Dope is Dead on the Street for High Nine News. Yeah, flower is still king in uh, Nevada. Um, you know, in our lab, we do about 70% flower, about 25% extract, and then uh, about 5% other, you know, edibles and topicals. So I still see uh, flower, lots and lots and lots of flower uh, being consumed in uh, Nevada. What's happening in California? Uh, California flower. Flower is about 60% of the market. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, here is still can. Yes. Flowers. I mean, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty much like pretty even across most markets. Vapes, it's, it's pre-rolls, flower and vapes. Those are the top three selling products, you know, in any market really. And I think a lot of it is like, you know, the nostalgia that comes with the cannabis for a lot of the, you know, consumers that are not millennials. And then for the, a lot of the millennials, which millennials, by the way, is 1981 to like, uh, what is it, 1981 to 2001? No. No. Yeah, no. I swear to God, I swear. On my life, I just read this and I was Stop as it. shocked as you are. I was you, shocked. You, you you read, you're right 91. Right yeah, 91. 91. Hey, can we get a bet? Are you sure? Look yeah, it up. Someone Google it right now. 1981 to 1996. There you go. Oh, wow. That's what. That's bullshit. What's the I question? Know. I'm 87. I was, I, was, I was just saying, like, millennials are really on the vape trend more than all of the other users and so, then so we'll see that we'll see the vape category grow more but everywhere in the united states is pretty 
it's pretty much the same. It's flour, pre-rolls, and vapes. Whether, you know, vapes overtakes pre-rolls or whatever, those are the top three selling products. I think I think millennials then, if millennials are 81 to 96, millennials are the ones that are consuming flour. It's the uh, Gen Zers uh, that are I, not. I, yeah. I know. I, I, agree, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I mean, I'm, I mean, I didn't know millennials were such a large swath. I thought there was a Gen Y in there somewhere. What the hell happened to Gen Y? It just got, it just got replaced by millennial. It's kind of crazy. Interesting. Well, I well, think I think flour will remain king um, because that is the, the it, it is the biggest part of the plant, and um, people want to consume what has been illegal for so long. The new stuff, which is vaporizing, um, that's really only for in in states that have actual um, that have actual plants. Well, but, but not. I don't think it has anything to do with cannabis. I think vaporizing is just a, a trend that's taken over from the tobacco side of things. So it's mostly it's like every even the purists, and this is what we could talk about this another time. But <clears throat> every purist I know that's like, oh, I'll only smoke solventless, I'll only do that, has a freaking jewel in their pocket too, and they're smoking propylene glycol. So you know, fuck all <laughs> that heady boy dumb shit. Uh, sorry. It's um, different, bro. I mean, I don't think it's, it's different, different, but I think that's what's creating the trend. I think it's that it's that social kind of you know movement and then it's like vaping cannabis is just as easy it's like a plug and play kind of thing so i think vape trend is going to yep. go up it's going to hockey stick as those you know gen zers become the more prominent uh category of consumer mm -hmm. i don't know i i, I, find, I find it interesting you know uh, J jesse barney he says uh only in america is flower king hash rules the world i love what jesse says <laughs> hash rules just... everything around me but isn't Green. a lot of that isn't a lot of that boof hash what do you mean boof hash like it's just ancient ancient way of uh, making hash. hash but i mean honestly bro if you've ever smoked lebanese or moroccan or any of the hash from like the pakistani um afghani border i'll tell you it's like a whole different effect it's a completely different high I think it has to do a lot with where it's grown, but it's like the processing. They've been processing that cannabis flower the same way for centuries. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's the Shout out yeah the respect. Frenchie, you know, respect to our fallen, fallen uh, peer and our and our fallen hero. You know, Frenchie was a hero of mine. I, I got a chance to speak on a panel with him. The guy literally took the ancient way and brought it to the new world, and he was the he was the reason why we still even make hash like that anymore or else everyone's making the new age hash as i like to call it you know it's like you know processing this stuff completely different but there's still some people keeping the keeping the hope alive cherry blossom bell shout out to her up shout in out to Dank duchess Coke. there you go Dank duchess yep. yep yep and cherry blossom up up in norcal um everyone's you know let's let's keep it real that hash is fire you know i know there's a lot of people who are gonna you know disagree with me but it, between that and some of this normal rosin that's going around i don't know man Take I used to pick. get this hash back in the day that was a solid brick. It was like a kilo and it had like the gold, like royal stamp stamped yes. on it. Wow. Yeah, I used that's to have a bunch of that. I mean, I mean, that's the real stuff right there. That was the real. That was the real one. We didn't have to send anything to testing. We could just sell weed. Good old days. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not What's in love that? with headsets data. You're not in love with headsets data? No. Are you playing this because you're partial to other companies' data or? No, uh, I'm partial to dun, dun, dun. real data. And okay. If you read the report. Ooh, right. The data is only coming yeah. from eight states. Um, they're also including eight, two Canadian provinces. And we know Canada has issues with what exactly. their uh, 
I don't think Flower is dead. I, I, I at all. I agree. Uh, I do that. agree that you know vape is uh, coming more online. I think they should have made some type of effort to also look at uh, consumption in illicit markets. That is a possibility. I've done it with other folks. Um, I just I, I think agree. their sales. I think the data that they're using is incomplete to really take many great takeaways agreed. from it. agreed i wonder i wonder if they're just trying to promote more vaping and trying to trying to yeah who paid spin, for this spin, spin vaping again yeah who paid for this research follow the money i don't i don't think anyone paid for the research i think this is a, i think this is definitely a marketing exercise by headset uh to try and sell their platform uh to people because that's what i used to do at new frontier uh, mm -hmm. We put out reports all the time to push yeah, what we were all, doing. All of them. Um, and yeah. my experience cover, with cover, headset, and I know Cy well, and I have no qualms with the work that they do, except they are very West Coast focused. Um, West and Coast? West Coast, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so they don't have much of a foothold. I, I mean, there's nothing about Illinois in here. Uh, it talks about the younger demographics. Well, what the hell's going on in Florida where all the old people are? I don't know. I just think that they, they've left off some very key markets that would be important. I don't think they have agree. data from a lot of those markets, so they left it out. I understand yeah, they, that, but you can't yeah, paint they, a national get, picture with only get. eight markets is what I'm saying when there's cannabis Agreed. legal in 40 markets. Agreed. You definitely can't win a presidential election with eight states. Well, Trump ain't gonna win Jack coming up. I gave you the alley yeah. you, Gretchen. You're welcome. <laughs> How many states is Trump gonna win? Oh, yeah. He's gonna win two hundred and seventy one electoral votes. That's all that matters. He's gonna win the Miss Penal oh, votes here we go. pageant. How many votes? How many votes will he need to win this election? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna go to commercial so we don't get caught up in all of the hysteria today <laughs> go to a commercial adam how's it going guys saman razani coming to you from green street here with jason beck smoking on the best weed in the world did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on apple google amazon iHeartRadio, and spotify tune in now and check it out Oh, yeah, he is West Hollywood's right-leaning president of cannabis tourism and is actively soliciting votes for a former president. Don't and, need to solicit them. Uh, They're just giving them themselves. Look at how much money he raised already off of this. <laughs> he will not come short in the pockets because he is criminal supporting criminals. <laughs> the nation's greatest of all time grifter, <laughs> Donald J. Trump. <laughs> you don't know who it is. Coming, coming to the stage next. The cannabis industry's most, longest continuously operating retailer and um, notable $100 better. Jason Beck, what do you have for us today? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Hunnids, hunnids, hunnids. That's right, in the streets, especially in the streets of New York, because there's a new court in new york and the new york okays 99 more pot shop licenses after a new court ruling new york regulators approved 99 new provisional licenses for adult use marijuana dispensaries monday as they try to speed up the rollout of a legal market that had been impeded by a court ruling new york legalized adult use marijuana for adult use two years ago although only seven shops have opened up so far I don't think that number is off. The rollout has slowed in part by a federal court ruling last fall. That part, uh, 
that that put retail licensing on hold in some regions, including Brooklyn and the Buffalo area. And legal operations are also undermined by a proliferation of unlicensed stores. A federal appeals court lifted most of that injunction last week, paving the way for the Cannabis Control Board to provisionally approve licenses in those areas as part of the 99 green-lighted on Monday. Applicants still need to complete a supplemental application, and in a quote, we're absolutely thrilled that we're able to expand the rollout of legalized cannabis across almost every region of the state, said board, board chairwoman Termaine Wright. New York has now... Uh, provisionally approved 165 retail dispensary licenses and licensing was temporarily uh, blocked by a federal judge hearing a legal challenge to the state's uh, selection process. The company's Versicate New York one claims that uh, the state's selection process favors New York residents over out-of-state residents in violation of the Constitution constitutional interstate commerce protections and the ruling last week from the u.s second court second circuit court of appeals allows the state to hand out licenses in brooklyn central new york the mid hudson region and western new york while upholding the block on them in the finger lakes region while a lawsuit continues well i'll tell you what new york Oh, man, you have a tough, tough road up ahead. And the more of these places you get open, I think, is, is fantastic and all and great. But but I'm still not seeing anything about you guys enforcing on your illicit marketing. If you think customers are just going to go and travel to regulated places because they're regulated, you got another thing coming. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. What do you all think? Okay, <laughs> so. So one of my one of my lessons that I learned in lobbying and advocacy efforts here in Nevada was understanding that um, and that's the reason that the, the CCB opened up applications for consumption lounges to everyone in the country, mm-hmm. not just people inside of Nevada. Why? Because they would open themselves up for litigation just like Illinois did, just like Michigan did, by limiting the applicants to only inside the state. Yeah, this started in in May. Simple, easy fix. All you had to do was open it to everyone in the country instead of just people inside of New York. And you would have just watched what other markets have done and you would have avoided litigation. Mm -hmm. Well, and Jason- They wanted that litigation. They wanted that smoke. What about that? Yeah, they want to hold up the process because that's what yep, it does. Of course, they want to hold up that process. Uh, okay. So while, yes, the illicit market is raging in New York City, it's not raging um, like it is in – there's nothing going on in Buffalo. There are not guys sitting out on street corners when it's 10 feet of snow. Uh, so the opportunity <laughs> for there? Buffalo to open dispensaries – and I believe four licenses are opening up in Buffalo with this moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good thing for the rest of the state to kind of start moving forward. Sucks for the Finger Lakes. Um, I think I think you're going to see better things coming to New York. I think this is really going to help turn the tide. Now, 100 oh licenses, that's a simmer, simmer, simmer. 100 licenses, simmer. Hold your horses. Simmer, simmer down. Simmer. <laughs> I do oh think goodness. with them issuing this many licenses, you are going to see enforcement coming. Uh, and it's going to be swift. 
and people are going to have swift. to be ready for it. It's swift. coming. Gretchen, it's going to be as swift. It's going to be as swift as it takes for the for the sun to go around the freaking so like solar system. It's going to be, be as swift no, as Jason Bet. It's pays bureaucracy. A bet. It's bureaucracy. They're not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to enforce laws until they have money from these licensees or licenses. I'm sorry, getting paid for by these applicants. It's not going to be for a long time. We see this in every state. It takes years for them to actually crack the whip and of course new york they're already way more ballsy than just anybody than new yorkers so you know they're gonna get it in they're gonna get it in but jason's right um that's it's right gonna be, it's gonna be a mess over there for a long time because their lack of enforcement and because they're you know all of these municipalities have to get on board with all this and so you're gonna have the finger lakes people driving to wherever the heck they're gonna have to drive to to, to get their product and it's gonna deter them so you know as long as there's as long as there's a you know free market that's raining all over the city there's not gonna have there's you, not gonna be anybody capitulating to the to the regulated market Simon, have you well, hung out much in uh rural new york no there ain't nothing there I mean, they you know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, someone. Gretchen, listen, Gretchen's I'm, right on this. You go out to the Hamptons, you can't even get an Uber. The Hamptons. You're not driving six hours. All they have is taxi cabs, bro. All they have is taxi cabs in the Hamptons. You Yo, can't but, even get an Uber but, out there. Hey, but sure the Hamptons qualifies as rural New York. It's pretty rural. There's a lot of mosquitoes and a lot of trees. Of course, I think you're, Gretchen. I think you're Buffalo. Yeah, your Buffalo. I do agree with what you're saying in rural areas, but uh, I think Buffalo was a bad example because Buffalo is trapped. Less city. cosmopolitan, we shall say. And, and by the way, I do I do just want to state Buffalo's for the record. Get it I do have to state for the record that the reason Gretchen tells me to simmer down is because I'm so hot. Clearly, clearly. You are a very handsome man, Jason. Don't let them tell you anything different. I know. Haters are going to hate. That's what haters do. All right, haters, let's move on. I can't handle much more of this. Tubin for tubin. Amazing. Let's roll. Do we miss a commercial? We didn't miss a commercial. We're going on to Gretchen. You all right? It's your intro. It's your intro. Oh, it's my intro. Shit. You know what? Hey, I'm sorry. Yeah, He's busy looking at himself in the in the camera, going, "Yeah." I was just clicking on. I was just clicking on the run of show. I apologize. You see that right? You see that right shoulder moving? That's totally my bad. That's totally my bad. I apologize. Coming up next, that's right. It's the feisty redhead that loves to talk trash, loves to rain on people's parade while dressing her dogs up in clown uniforms, and sometimes those are rain suits. That's right. It is the founder of Panoptic Strategies, Gretchen Gailey. I only speak facts that Jason Bag can handle, and his oh, wallet boy. can't back up. Oh, all right, my headline is coming from the Lexington Herald Leader because uh, there's nothing going on in Washington right now. Everybody's in recess and just waiting on Trump to go to jail. Uh, the headline is medical marijuana not here yet, but new cannabis bar will open on 420 in Lexington. Two Lexington businesswomen are opening a new bar on Manchester that promises to bring a whole new buzz to the distillery district, and they are ready to jump into medical marijuana as well. 
Although Governor Andy Bashir signed legislation into law on March 31st, medical marijuana won't be accessible until 2025. But wait, can you have the legal option now? Cannabis Bar hopes to open its dispensary by April 20th, uh, a date associated with enthusiasm for marijuana. Uh, across from a new boutique hotel under construction and near the Grand Reserve in speakeasy venues owned by Jill Bacorn. We'll be one of the first businesses putting this out there, and it's all natural, Bacorn said. Bacorn is partnering with longtime hemp advocate Annie Rouse, who started OP Innovates to market hemp products, including Overcome, Hemp Mellow, and now 13th Floor. As I went through COVID with a catering business and probably the second largest venue in town and all that shut down, I just had to keep my mind active, Bacorn said. Rouse began using Bacorn's commercial kitchen to package her products, and Bacorn wanted to introduce cannabis-based relaxation experiences to her lineup of offerings. They are opening in a space leased from Wildcat Moving and Storage that decades ago housed a dive bar. Now we'll have a dispensary and soon an elixir bar to serve products to people looking for a natural high such as edibles and elixirs. The elixir bar will focus on non-alcoholic products that will promote health and wellness for your mind and body. That's what people ultimately want to know. Hey, am I able to alter my mind or my experience? Yes, you can. This is how, and we're doing it legally, and we're doing it naturally. Yes, you got that right. Cannabis Bar will sell cannabis products with serious buzz legally. How is that possible? Rouse, who has been working to legalize hemp products in Kentucky for decades, said that cannabis sativa or hemp products with up to 0.3% THC are legal, and her offerings will be all natural. They're all natural plant-derived cannabinoids. Most of the products are made from hemp grown in Kentucky, but some are from other states, including Colorado. Right now, we can do microdose THC concentrations, which provide a really nice relaxation effect. Her products are geared to a variety of wellness aims from elevating mental focus and mood to easing pain and inflammation. Her Overcome brands also offer a range of potencies, including some without THC. But some products do quite a bit more. Our Hemp Mellow, which has been microdose levels of Delta 9 THC, all legal at a federal level. Our Mellow Dreams, which uses CBN with different terpenes plus microdose levels of THC, CBD, and other cannabinoids, create a really great sleep formula. Then we have another brand called 13th Floor, which actually ca uh, capitalizes on the THC levels that can be found in legally derived hemp products. It's a natural alternative to Delta 8. These products differ from chemically created Delta 8 THC products. Uh, legislation recently signed by Governor Andy Bashir will establish regulations this summer for sale of hemp-derived products, which will restrict it to those 21 and over. Next door to the retail store will be a health bar where Bacorn will offer edible and drinkable concoctions with THC, CBD, and other hemp-derived chemicals in buzzboards. Rouse and Bacorn plan to apply for a license to serve alcohol and also hope to apply for a license to dispense medical marijuana now that the General Assembly has legalized it. It's all cannabis. Hemp is cannabis. Marijuana is cannabis. They're the same plant, just different varieties. I think what COVID really taught the hemp industry is that people want THC. Just like people want alcohol, they want to escape, they want an intoxicant, and COVID really shined a light on that. You saw people were lining up around the corner for dispensaries. That's when the Delta 8 movement started gaining a lot of momentum and people shifted from buying CBD to buying Delta 8. People thought CBD would provide pain relief or escape, but for many, it didn't provide enough. Yada, yada, yada. Hopes and dreams in Kentucky. Uh, one day when Kentucky finally accepts this plant back into its crop rotations, we'll be here showing all the visitors and tourists 
that come here that Kentucky is the hemp and cannabis capital of the world. I appreciate these ladies' optimism um, and the efforts that they're going to take. I don't know how well this is really going to work out for them. I could see this being the first uh, arrest coming in the next few weeks because uh, I can see somebody not appreciating what they're trying to do. Um, and I'm not quite sure on some of their reasoning on how they're going to pull all this off. Uh, but best of luck to them. Yay, Kentucky. Way to embrace cannabis. This is Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News. Hold on, Gretchen. Jason, no, you owe me 100 bucks. Gretchen, all they're, all they're selling is Delta 8 products, though, right? And they hemp, say it's not Delta 8. Well, not so it's THCO. It's all I'm the just same saying, thing. they said it's not Delta 8. And they no, also admitted that they're CBD. importing shit from Colorado. Not legal. I it could be hemp. It could be hemp. It could be hemp. That they're important. We'll see. Gretchen, we'll see. I, I love I love how you're congratulating these enterprising young women, but then Bless you say, like, "Good luck." Getting out of jail. Good luck, y'all are going to jail. <laughs> no, they're what Good they're luck. doing is they're converting they're converting Delta Nine and Delta Eight from CBD from CBD. So it's like they're making actually it's like Florida. They're they're actually selling Delta Nine gummies and stuff, but it's all converted. It's isomerized from Delta or from CBD. So so it's all synthetic. It's not naturally. Uh, it, I mean, that's what—that's what's happening in Florida. It's exactly what's happening in Florida. So okay. they're taking—they're taking—they're taking. You know, a lot of people also could be taking the mother liquor from the process of like isolating. Did you say the CBD. mother liquor? The mother liquor—that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who licks the mother? So, <laughs> the mother liquor contains all of the other cannabinoids other than the CBD, so it's concentrated a lot higher than what it was when you extracted it, which is way over 0.3 percent or 0.03 percent. And, um, you know, essentially you're just like isolating the, the THC in there via chromatography or um, potentially even distillation and, and, and other processes. But chromatography is probably the safer bet with that. So Okay, so um, quick question, Saman. So they're isolating out 0.3% THC? No, no, no. I'm, sa I'm saying, I'm oh. saying, when you're when you're extracting, you're concentrating yes. all those things. So if your plant is 0.3 percent THC, then it's going to be a lot higher in your extract, right? So then you're then you're crystallizing the CBD out of that solution. So you're actually removing the largest, you know, concentration of can cannabinoids, cannabinoids in that in that mixture. That's an isolate. Then there's a synthetic process to make delta nine from that. And it makes Delta Eight as well, and then the mother liquor also you can you can use, but as smaller concentration. Mother liquor, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm just hurt. blowing minds. Yeah, exactly. So that's the process, and that's what they're doing. It's all byproducts. So it's it's like there's. So a you would call this natural? I wouldn't call it natural at all, and I, that's the problem. That's the, so that's the complete problem. So no, so it's just bullshit. It's just bullshit. It's like hemp and cannabis, same plant, same genus. There's a fine it's, line between just bullshit and lying. It's, Come on. Bullshit it's, or lying? Do you, do you, you're, you're creating, you're creating all of these, all of these cannabinoids because uh -huh. of the market. There's illegal. It's illegal to have Delta Nine in all these other states. So you're creating all of these, you know, subsequent things that are coming out of these genius processors that are like, hey, I'm going to convert this molecule to something else and sell it. That's the. Okay. That, Bottom that line, Saman, are is they going to jail? Um, they could. I mean, look, depending on how the farm bill and the DEA reacts to all of that stuff, it's all it's a coin flip, and that's the. Well, that's no, they have medical like cannabis now. 
Well, if they have medical cannabis, then they can have that. But what about that market? I think that's the whole point Jason's making is what about that market? What about yeah. the Delta 8, Delta 9 conversion market? What about Florida's market? All these things. They should just legalize this cannabis. This is in Florida. This say, is Kentucky. Kentucky. It doesn't matter. They have the same. It's the same basis. It's the same concept. It's so funny when I hear people from Kentucky and Tennessee. What are you saying, Nicole? I, I was saying it's so interesting when I hear people from Kentucky and Tennessee say that they have dispensaries. I'm like, no, you don't. And they're, and they're like, and they're like, yeah, American shaman. And I'm uh -huh. like, no, that's not a dispensary. It's it's everything's like getting primed, but like it's like this is the this is why this doesn't make sense to very intelligent people. It's like, look, just legalize cannabis because you're just making all this other bullshit, and now you don't know what's in. A lot of these right. converted products, you're just and then creating, something goes wrong, and you're, you're creating a you're creating a disaster. Right. But you know how our government likes to create disasters, so it's like you know. So you let's, let's you don't like their entrepreneurial spirit. I I I I do because I think that's the true that's the true ingenuity of humanity. But it sucks because it's like this plant does it better than than in the lab. So just do that. That's for sure. The funniest part about the article was calling Kentucky the cannabis capital of the world. No, these ladies are going <laughs> to no. lead the way, Todd. No. In, 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 in all fairness, they kind of can't claim that because they do grow more hemp than any other state. Okay, yeah. well, then say that. Yeah. Not true. So let's call them the hemp capital of the exactly. world. Exactly. No, like no, the no, the no, okay, okay, okay. There's more hemp grown in Colorado, more hemp in Montana. No, Kentucky is not number one. Where are you coming up with your fake facts as usual? If you count all the weed that's it that's grown in metric in Colorado and consider yeah. that all hemp, then yes, you would be 100% correct. You were 100% wrong, as usual. <laughs> Where are you getting yeah, your information from? Mainstream sources? Mm -hmm. Move along. I know. I'm sorry. I'd take yeah. it from real. Let's, let's go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Stretching with Gretchen. Uh-huh. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. The thoughts, opinions, and shade thrown at High Nine News are those of individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or his followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, territory, or its authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary responsibility or relationship. Our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement enforcement bias or of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you are an easily offended person, grow some hemp.
You want to grow some of the best weed in the world? Then you must start with the best genetics in the so world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sh to see why our Terps don't lie. Oh, oh yeah. And uh, just on that last little hemp thing, Gretchen threw some numbers up for us. She's saying that Colorado has 52,275 acres. Montana has 45,000 acres. And Kentucky has 26,500 acres. This is as of this year, Gretchen? Well, uh, things must These numbers, I believe, are from 2020. No, these are not the most recent I could find, but however. Oh, well, then these are Kentucky wrong Kentucky has not leapfrogged anybody. These, You're these out are your 2020 damn number, 2020 numbers, you know they're wrong. But so coming up next, Just she's a can- Yeah, exactly. She's a cannabis patient, plant medicine advocate. She's the founder of Purple Plant Magic and a national brand ambassador for Black Buddha Cannabis. And she is the encyclopedia on power 88 in las vegas nevada every wednesday morning that's right it is the purple haired princess herself nicole Buffon. oh thank you jason for that lovely introduction good morning hyatt nine news family today my story comes out of south south africa surprise surprise um but the new hotel that has been built using hempcrete blocks and a uh, using hempcrete blocks and other hemp-related building materials. The original five-story building was bought by Hemporium's co-founder, Duncan Parker, in 2016. And the exciting project has been undertaken by hemp producer, Hemporium, in partnership with Aframat Hemp and Wolf and Wolf Architects. Once complete, it will house Hemporium's flagship store and the Hemp Hotel. Hempcrete blocks are made from the care of cannabis plants, as we know along with lime and a chemical binder mix and are extremely environmentally friendly, being carbon negative and providing awesome insulation so that less air condition and heating is required. Hemp projects are taking off around the world and it's predicted that within five years, it will be normal to use hempcrete. I hope so. According to the New York Times, whilst hemp blocks are more expensive than traditional building products, they save money in other ways, such as reducing the construction schedule up by 30%. Unfortunately, the Cape Town project has been more expensive because hemp had to be imported from England. <laughs> uh, but with hemp cultivation licenses issued in South Africa last year, prices will drop for future projects as blocks will be sourced locally. Thank God. Calling it the world's first hemp skyscraper, the New York Times reported, that 84 Harrington is already using from the ground and at 12 stories will be the tallest structure in the world that incorporates largely hemp construction. Because of its load-bearing load limitations, a traditional frame is still needed, but all of the walls are made from hemp blocks. Parker told the New York Times that once supply issues are sorted, hemp will become a construction staple in South Africa. The architects will next take on a housing development with 25,000 homes made from hemp blocks. Um, I'm happy to see this. Um, I'm happy to learn that um, they recognize that importing from another country, another continent does not make sense. 
and that they should be um, in using and creating hemp blocks right there in South Africa and using the materials that come right out of the country. Um, so I'll be keeping an eye on this project to see how it progresses. Uh, and I also will be checking in with my people on the ground, shout out to Dr. Kaya, um, to see whether or not uh, these uh, new construction, it actually employs people in South Africa. Are they importing workers to actually do the work? That's something that I'm interested in as well. But this is Nicole Buffon reporting from Hyatt Nine News. I'd love to hear your opinion on this story. I love the idea yeah, of hempcrete. It's a, uh, it could save the planet literally, you know. Yes, it creates yes. jobs. It creates clean air, right? Right. Um, I think every uh, corn farmer across the United States should eliminate corn, and uh, which isn't really a food, and uh, start growing hemp to create. And, and this industrial revolution that we can do right here in America, but uh, you know, there's too much red tape involved. But if every corn farmer, like I said, um, you know, turns their crop into hemp, we literally save our economy and Whatever. the world you, and the environment. But can, you, but can you make hemp bread like you can make cornbread? Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. you can. Does make anyone does anyone know what the yeah? Because you can make hemp flour. Does anyone know what? Um, what the uh, how much people are using hemp fuel do we know what that looks like right now there's not enough um industrial like mm -hmm. infrastructure to to right. support that that's correct mm. okay it's got it that. yeah mm -hmm. that's not not realistic anytime soon but i do love the hempcrete i do love the fact that a number of municipalities here in america have uh, adapted their building codes to allow for the use of hempcrete as a construction yeah. use yep. and now we just need more people um, to scale that industry. So then that way it's a cheaper alternative than traditional construction supplies. And get a, and do away with all those harmful uh, materials and chemicals. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about Antifa throwing a uh, fire bombs at your, at your thing. Cause hemp creed is fire retardant. Right. Or right. any of those January six and insurrectionists, man, you have to worry about them throwing fucking bricks through your capital uh, windows either. Exactly. <laughs> you can make hemp bricks. <laughs> They're softer. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually not softer, but uh, exactly. They, you know, right. yeah. exactly. Yeah. they are flame retardant. But are they lighter? <laughs> are, we, are we allowed to still say are, flame retardant? Are, are they are they lighter, Todd? Uh, they're not lighter. No, not no. Lighter. Okay. I, I don't think it's no. It's about the same. About the um, same. Okay. Yeah, it's about the same. But it sucks in carbon dioxide. You know, whereas uh, concrete, you know, puts out carbon dioxide. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you're, interesting. So you're saying a brick is still weighs the same as a brick. A brick is still a brick. Okay. Yeah. Right. A brick is still a brick. Mm -hmm. This is a good one that Barney says. Weed is food, weed is housing, weed is clothing. Our focus on medicine and intoxication is myopic and continues the stigma. Agreed. Oh, yeah. We're going to go to a commercial. Thank you so much for that story, Nicole. We'll Poor see else. you in a minute. Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Next, 
He's a patient advocate and 15-year industry vet, an award-winning solvent extraction pioneer. But more important than all of that, he is yet another dope dad on staff, getting shit done, setting the tone for the rest of the country. You know who it is, Saman Razani. Razani. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much. Here from SoCal. Thanks for all the all the good chatter today. This is a great day for uh, for the news and for the discourse in the chats. I have a story from our favorite marijuana moment um, today out of Arkansas, which isn't in the news much, but here we go. Arkansas lawmakers approved bill to protect medical marijuana patients' rights to carry concealed guns. Yeah, baby. Cha cha. Okay, sorry, that was my attempt at being funny. Um, Arkansas lawmakers have approved a bill in committee that would clarify the medical marijuana patients can obtain concealed carry licenses for firearms. The House, the oh, I'm sorry, the House Judiciary Committee passed the legislation from Rep. Aaron Pilkington, Republican, in a voice in a voice vote on Thursday, sending it to the floor. The measure states that a person's status as a qualified medical cannabis patient in the state cannot be used, in quote, in determining whether an applicant is eligible to be issued a license to carry a concealed handgun. State statute would also be amended to clarify in that participation in the medical marijuana program doesn't mean that a person is a chronic or habitual user of a controlled substance, which could otherwise disqualify people from obtaining a concealed carry permit. The State Department of Health, the DOH, would be barred from disclosing a person's patient status to the state police as a part of any investigation into concealed carry eligibility. That's very good. They're upholding HIPAA laws. I like that. While some states have moved to more broadly preserve firearm rights for cannabis patients and consumers, this legislation is more narrowly tailored to the concealed carry issue. The voter-approved constitutional amendment that legalized medical cannabis in Arkansas already provides that people will not be discriminated against because of their patient status, but a witness at Thursday's hearing said that some state forms still contain a question asking about medical cannabis. The bill would clarify the issue. While the state does not require people to have a permit for concealed carry, some Arkansas firearm owners prefer to have one because of the protections it can bestow when traveling in other states and because of the clarity it provides during police encounters. Arkansas voters defend a ballot initiative to more broadly legalize marijuana for adults in November. Meanwhile, the new Arkansas patient bill, uh, I'm sorry. Meanwhile, the new Arkansas patient focused bill comes as a new issue of gun rights for cannabis consumers in actively being taken up in at least two federal courts. The U.S. Department of Justice recently filed a brief in federal appeals court as a part of, uh, of, a, of one ongoing lawsuit over the government's ban preventing medical marijuana patients from possessing firearms. Many of the, DOH, uh, <clears throat> many of the DOJ's arguments in the brief filed ECHO points that the agency made an earlier filing in a case, including a federal district court that dismissed the lawsuits uh, that, now being, that are now being appealed by its plaintiffs. But the latest document places new emphasis on the wide ranging consequences that the Biden administration says would result from, uh, from a ruling that favors the plaintiffs. Meanwhile, a different federal court separately ruled in February that the ban on marijuana consumers possessing guns is unconstitutional in a case that's also being appealed. 
Advocates have argued that the fight to end the federal ban on cannabis consumers isn't about expanding gun rights per se. Rather, it's the matter of constitutionality and public safety. Supporters of the Florida lawsuit have argued that the, uh, that the ATF required effective, effectively, uh, I'm sorry, the ATF requirement effectively creates an incentive for cannabis consumers to either lie on the form, buy a gun on the illicit market, or simply forego their right to bear arms. Excuse me one second. In 2020, ATF issued an advisory specifically targeting Michigan that requires gun sellers to conduct federal background checks on all unlicensed gun buyers because it said the state's cannabis laws have enabled habitual marijuana users, in quotations, and other disqualified individuals to obtain firearms illegally. In light of the federal court's February ruling on the unconstitutional uh, 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 on the unconstitutionality of the federal ban, a GOP Pennsylvania senator recently encouraged law enforcement to take steps to remove state barriers to gun ownership for cannabis consumers, focusing on medical marijuana patients. In Maryland, a key House committee also held a hearing in February on a bill to protect gun rights for medical cannabis patients in the state. Meanwhile, a GOP congressman filed a bill in January that seeks to allow medical cannabis patients to purchase and possess firearms. The legislation was also introduced in the 116th Congress, but was not ultimately enacted. And that's my story today. Guys, what do you have to say about this? This is a big story right here. Um, so, so the feds don't want to come down on Florida for the new gun law that they just passed, which which says that your background check is optional. Like you, you don't have to register your gun. Yeah, no, it's, 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 you don't have to have a a permit for a concealing carry. That's right. Open carry. Anybody can carry a gun. Open carry similar to Arizona. Okay. So anybody can, can carry a gun pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's the wild, wild west. Oh yeah. Um, so, so the feds aren't concerned with that. Um, but they're concerned about, um, people that are smoking weed and whether or not they're carrying a gun. Exactly. Okay. That makes a whole Well, lot you've of heard sense. of all those stories where people get really, really high and then go rob a liquor store. Yeah, no. or go shoot up the... <laughs> go, shoot, right. go shoot up... I mean, they're the, high. They're just high on something else. Yeah. Let's be clear. Well, they're probably, sure. you know, that's they're probably, sure. you know, on some other crazy substance. But, like, it's... Oh, just, are you surprised that the government's duplicitous? Are we, are oh. we surprised that the apple's an apple? Nah. Okay, so are they taking the same effort for people who are on antipsychotics? Like, is that on the list? Like, well, I, I'm How not sure. That part, that part. Yeah. yeah I'm not sure. That part. Is, is cannabis the only drug on the list that they're saying that yeah. you can't have a, a what? I thought, like, well, I'm alcohol. so confused. Alcohol I thought this story is about that these guys do get to keep their guns. No, it's, it's because it's that it's that. The story here, the real story, Gretchen, is that the federal government is still. Oh, okay. Like, well, I'm talking about the this. story in Arkansas that you just read. Yeah, they're 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 prom- they're trying to promulgate this rule, but there's other rules that that ha- there's other congressmen from other states that were in in this article as well that were talking about you know trying to promote and also trying to disingenuously take the arms from cannabis patients so there's still a battle it's like there's no definitive thing it's a tug of war in every state over patients rights versus federal rights to bear arms it's kind of just like a a crazy situation gretchen so i mean the story in particular yes maybe you know was just about that but there's more underlying circumstances and consequences here that need to be discussed by 
you know, by by this uh, this group of folks here, this this genuinely genius group of folks here. You know, the fact that it was uh, originally illegal to be a patient and uh, you know own a firearm. That's just lack of education. Exactly. Right? That's all it really it is. is that the ATF doesn't want to know, understand weed. And, um, you know, they make these ridiculous laws, you know. So uh, if you're a medical patient, you can't protect your home. It's just stupid. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah. I wonder what I wonder what uh, noted prohibitionist governor um, uh, Huckabee Sanders thinks about this. Oh, interesting. No, you know who I actually wonder now that you mentioned that, Rico, you know, who I wonder um, has who has something to say more about this. It's probably the largest Who's biggest that? prohibitionist in the Senate from Arkansas. Mr. Tom, Senator Tom Cotton, Thomas mm. Cotton, Cotton, Mr. Anonymous hold himself. Well, we should send since this has nothing to do with federal law, who cares what he thinks? Uh, this is a state doing what they want to do. I don't know. I, they are protecting patients, right? I get it. However, Cotton is not a state representative, Jason. Cotton is from Arkansas, though. I get it, Jason. They're okay. two different well, systems. I understand that. Uh, but they are protecting patients' yeah, rights. They are protecting their their you know right to you know like information. So the HIPAA laws are you know taking you know effect i think that's good that we can always th that's different in other places i'm sure so um that's cool that it's uh that they're progressive on on that end yeah i but think this is a fine example of a state's rights argument when it mm -hmm. comes to gun laws and cannabis it is 100 percent, without a doubt look at your dog gretchen Just looking out the window yeah <laughs> Uh, living the uh, dream, trying to escape. Yep. Trying to escape. Exactly. Trying to escape. Minding, minding the business that they She knows where her bone is buttered. She's fine. That's Leave her right. alone. That's right. She, she's looking. She's looking for those. Uh, those prohibitionists. No, <laughs> she's she's looking out the window at the, the seventy-five degree temperatures and looking. No, she's, she's trying to. She's trying to hide that that thing you have around her neck. Something. No, that's yeah. a no flower. Mm, oh, yeah, we got to keep it rolling. Coming mm, up next, that's right. He Don't is talk the about my baby. Of Digipath, the founder of the National Marijuana News Network, and loves to smoke some of the finest cigars while chilling in the hot tub in Las Vegas, Nevada. It is Mr. Todd Dankin. What up, what up, what up? Thank you. Oh, oh, go on. Oh, really? Go on. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, coming from the Albuquerque Journal, a strong start for recreational cannabis in its first year in New Mexico. A year ago, hundreds lined up outside a cannabis shop in Sunland Park for opening day of recreational marijuana sales in Albuquerque. The governor greeted dozens of customers at an uptown dispensary before they purchased legal cannabis for the first time. In the months following, more than 10 million transactions took place at hundreds of dispensaries across the state. Now, one full year into recreational marijuana sales, New Mexico's industry has sold nearly $301 million in cannabis products, which has accounted for more than $27 million and counting in collected cannabis excise taxes. Javier Martinez, a Democratic legislator who for years has supported cannabis legislation, said... I'm beyond thrilled that the industry has gotten off to such a strong start. We legalized it the right way. At the end of February, 
The state's cannabis industry was roughly $32 million away from reaching $300 million in sales in the first year. It managed to do so in March with its highest ever sales. The previous sales record was set in December when the industry's pot shop sold more than $28 million in recreational cannabis. Recreational sales last April were about $22.1 million. By October, the state reached $25 million in adult use sales for the first time. Albuquerque, the largest city in the state, sold more than $96 million in recreational cannabis through 12 months. Las Cruces did $22.4 million. Santa Fe did $22.2 million. And tiny Sunland Park, a town of roughly 17,000 that borders West El Paso, sold more than $19.4 million in recreational cannabis, what the state data shows. Riley White, an associate professor of finance at the University of New Mexico's Anderson School of Management, said, Strong consumer spending and historically low unemployment in New Mexico encouraged the growth of recreational marijuana and cannabis taxes have provided an additional revenue source for the state and the municipalities. But White also pointed to the decrease in medical cannabis sales, which was predicted to happen after the introduction of the adult use industry. Medical cannabis is an area that Duke Rodriguez, the president of and CEO of Ultra Health, the largest cannabis business in New Mexico, says will continue to see further drops. But he adds, declines will also continue on the patient side. The number of enrollees has declined by nearly 30,000 since last April for the medical cannabis program, so long as adult use cannabis is available. Adult sales brought with it many new licenses. The state says that to date, there are more than 600 dispensaries, 351 producers, 415 micro producers, and 507 manufacturers. The number has drawn some criticism that the industry may be oversaturated. But Dolce Cannabis co-owner Victor Martinez is happy to be here. Martinez, along with his fiancée, Samantha Zamora, were one of the first approved for a retail license last January under the Cannabis Control Division. It's been a long road, Martinez says. I know when you first open up a business, you're looking at taking a loss. But for us, it hasn't been anything like that. I'm happy where we're at, and of course, I'd love to expand, would love to do more, but I see us kind of going a long way with this whole cannabis thing. <laughs> For our Greenleaf, one of the state's legacy operators, a business that operated in the medical industry prior to last year, the era of adult use has meant continued growth. The company, before being acquired by Colorado-based Schwazi last year in a multi-million dollar deal, has grown from 10 dispensaries to 18. Ken Deal, who is the division president of Schwazi that oversees R. Greenleaf in New Mexico, said, I'm thrilled with how they are doing. There's unbelievable potential in this industry, he added. And finally, looking ahead in New Mexico, insiders say that year two is likely to be one of market correction, resulting in the shuttering of some cannabis shops across the state. But despite potential challenges, the industry can grow into much bigger and just might take some time, White said. Cannabis in New Mexico has a clear pathway to grow to more than a half a billion dollars per year, especially as we compare the sales to states that legalized years ago, White said. But the road will get rocky ahead. Many businesses find that their operations are unsustainable as market saturation limits their growth. Uncertainty in the economic outlook is also a factor, particularly since it's not clear how much consumers would cut back on recreational sales 
during times of economic stress. The market as the market matures, the industry will consolidate around the most successful companies with the greatest success in New Mexico. So New Mexico, the meth capital of the United States, embracing cannabis. I'm Todd Dangan with High at Nine News. What do you guys think? I thought the desert, I thought the Coachella Valley was the meth capital of the world. Shots fired, Todd. Breaking Bad was based in New Mexico. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, my stats are clearly based on Walter White. See? Dulce. Oh, okay. It's, so, it's a, 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 the biggest government cover up next to uh, uh, Area 51. I mean, how much so are we, do we go ahead? Do go we ahead, think, yeah, do we think that um, that it's Texans that are going to New Mexico for this yes. regulated weed? Because Oklahoma is still medical. Um, you can't even get inside of the dispens- one of those dispensaries there. And, and and so I think that maybe this will be what takes Oklahoma over the edge with these looking at these numbers from New Mexico. Well, yeah, I mean, the, that, that uh, border city of Sunland Park, right, borders uh, yeah. El Paso, right? And they're at $20 million in recreational sales, which is literally, you know, $2 million less than Las Cruces and Santa Fe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of this revenue is actually from Texas money. I bet a lot of it is from well, Texas. Well, Sun- yeah. Sunland is right there. Jason, you remember that, Sunland? Yeah, yeah I remember that. That was right next to That's the El Paso. Right? That's what I'm saying. These, uh, you know... Uh, I have a feeling that uh, that New Mexico is going to be similar to Illinois when Texas goes ha- get put something actually like realistic in place, right? And then all of that money stays in Texas, and it's going to be similar to like looking lo- looking like a Missouri market in Texas. Yeah, mm. yeah, it makes sense. I think that Texas just decriminalized though, didn't they? They finally took one step. Well, they're 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 incrementalists out there. Yeah. Um, did they decriminalize? I don't slow. think so. They just passed some new legislation. Um, I mean, Austin, I, I think Austin's it. decriminalized. You know, I mean, Austin, oh. Austin's weird, Alice. Oh, okay, so the city of Austin, okay, yeah, that not, makes more not, sense. That's not new because the governor no, of Texas not. is not passing anything reasonable. Well, it's not even, it's not even the governor, uh, Nicole, it's more the lieutenant governor. No, yeah, it, it happened. The um, the Texas House of Representatives uh, legislative panel this week unanimous, unanimously approved a bill to decriminalize the possession of small amounts of marijuana. Yeah. Under under an ounce, under a pound. Well, congratulations, Texas. <laughs> that's right. House Bill 218. Stars tonight. Yes. Are big and bright. Well, that's just the first step. They still right. got to yeah. do some more there. It's, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Right. Oh, yeah. look at oh. that. Look at that, sweetie. Look at that, sweetie. Hey, I think I have the same uh, oh. flower for my dog's collar. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, no. Stop it. It was a Halloween thing. I, I so. bet. I bet. Come on. Uh-huh. New Year's yeah, thing. Make some excuses that. now. Um, Torture your animals, too. Torturing, that's like a little Damn, thing on the collar. Dude, yeah, it's a thing on the collar. I don't, I don't do the other dogs make fun of her? Yeah. No, they, yeah, they love do. it. Her, her name her name is Tulip. Her name is Tulip. I call her Tulip for short, but her name is Tulip, you know. So she's a I flower, have to deal with so. people looking at her like she's a mean old pitbull. Yeah. And if I put a flower on her, then they're a little nicer. It, that's exactly right. My dog's the same way, you know. She's like she's got a look at her. Little this little cuddle monster. Cuddle monster. Oh, sweet. Well, uh, poor Salem. Yeah. 
Poor Salem. Hush, she loves me. Um, uh, Gretchen, you, you, Gretchen, you obviously didn't read the Pitbull manual. You shouldn't put flowers on their necks. You should put <laughs> chains with, 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 with big spike mask on right. them. <laughs> She's my princess. That are roam free in the streets of Washington, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> we were at the top of the hour, folks. So thank you all with us for yet another episode of High Night. Catch us weekdays at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our live audience, members, and online supporters tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. Our vetted industry correspondent team tuning in from all over the global community, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and adding your respected opinions to the conversation too. Our production team, thank you, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, the wonderful Jaja Simone, all of our sponsors as well, keeping our AV struggles to a minimum. And then out to our haters. Why don't you just go down to Texas, man? Go down to Texas where you can't even buy weed. How about that? How about that? <laughs> and always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason the Hyatt 9 team shows up to read these headlines daily, we shall forever be in debt to your greatness. Mama. It is Tuesday. What's the date again, Jason? Indictment April. Day. <laughs> <laughs> I April mean, 4th. The show I, is over. You Today's the day you, you make you the Teflon ahead, Don. Teflon Don. Teflon Don, that's amazing. That's amazing. So so applicable. Let's see. Even John Gotti ended up in jail, didn't he? The original Teflon Don. The original Donald Trump's going to get it. Right. They're both in New York. Should be interesting. Law and order. But it is uh you've been hit. You've been you all been blessed with today's top industry headlines. We hope it's enough to put in your pipe and smoke it at least until tomorrow. Y'all know who it is. Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street, signing off. And a reminder. When life gives you no place else to turn, you can always turn the fuck up. Nicole Bafong, what do you have for the people? You take I would say keep Nicole? smoking that good okay. green. No boof. <laughs> no boof. <laughs> no yes, we have a that choice. Sunshine outdoor green. Oh, that's boof. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Take us out, Adam. <laughs>